coming around the bend here on this Friday morning. Final half hour of the show is upon us for the broadcast week. Yael Osowski from the Consumer Choice Center joins us each and every Friday morning just after 9.30. He also hosts the Consumer Choice Radio Show, which airs Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on the Big Talker 106.7 FM. The global grassroots movement for consumer choice at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org. And Yael, your colleagues from around the world were able to meet, or at least uh, your European colleagues were able to meet uh, this week in Amsterdam, which is where you uh, are broadcasting and talking to us from here this morning. I hope you're doing well on the other side. Oh, yes, we're doing great, Joe. Um, I think it's been a great couple of weeks, very productive, and the Netherlands is so far a pretty open country. They already dealt with uh, the corona there a few months ago, so... We were able to enjoy a little, little bit of the perks of the city, a little bit of the canals, a little bit of the street life. It's been a great time here in Amsterdam. And I'm glad you're having a good time. And it's just, uh, well, one of those things now, as I mentioned, I was actually talking with a family friend of ours yesterday, and he has traveled all over the world and loves going over to Europe. And I made mention of you, and he was very jealous that uh, – you've been able to kind of travel Europe uh, without any American or Asian tourists for the last uh, several months now. And uh, it's, uh, could you imagine, I mean, you're, you know, you're getting the, the true experience without all that outside noise. <laughs> well, it's that, yeah, definitely. I'm not hearing people from Jersey. That's a big issue here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, you, you get to go to many attractions. The lines aren't as big. Uh, in many circumstances, you can go, and sometimes you're the only people who might be on the boat or in the restaurant. So that's good, but still, you know, that means that a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of restaurants and businesses are still suffering here, you know, because if you don't have tourism, you know, you can say the same for North Carolina's coasts. If you don't have tourism, then a lot of industries that are dependent on that and relying on that aren't going to survive. Um, I know the figures in Italy are pretty – I think it's 42% of all businesses, private businesses that serve customers, it's doubtful that they're going to return. Um, so you can only imagine you just look at every other country where there's been a, a pretty hard toll. Um, that's not looking very good. I'm thankful that I've been able to enjoy some of it, but still uh, – not going to be pretty here come in the fall. And I think, you know, that was another point that we brought up here uh, earlier in the program, you know, from a economic, of course, standpoint, I think the long term of this, we haven't seen uh, the deep, deep impacts of it. And it's just amazing how travel centric the world has become in our lifetime. You know how people have gone from just that family vacation, you know, a couple of hours away to now traveling all over the world. You know, in such an easy way in many cases uh, that and two, I think, you know, the emotional and mental impact of this on many uh, around the world and uh, you know, right here in the U.S. as well, of course. You know, the fear, the anxiety, the stress, uh, that is also your livelihood maybe flipped upside down, trying to pick up the pieces and not know what the future you know, holds from a, you know, a stability standpoint. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I can tell you one thing, you know, that is weighing heavy on, on a lot of people. And again, don't know necessarily the deep lasting impacts all of this is going to have on us. Yeah, and I think we're a, a couple months ahead, as I mentioned a, a couple times in your program, Joe, and, and still it's something that we're, we're thinking about. And there have been a lot of schemes uh, that have been put together by some various governments, either local or regional. Um, so you have some city governments that are offering, let's say, 50 to to $100 vouchers for restaurants or bars, you know, just trying to, to spur some kind of 
uh, something for the local economy. So you have seen that in places like the UK. You've seen that in Austria and Germany. You've seen that in Slovenia and Italy. Um, even the country of Luxembourg, which is very tiny, is offering 200 euros uh, for hotel vouchers uh, to stay within the country. So there's there's a lot of money printing going on. There's a lot of vouchers and programs put together by governments. Uh, we'll, we'll see kind of what that does. But definitely, uh, this is very, very high on people's minds. So the quicker we can get back to normal, get this stuff settled, uh, I think that's going to be a lot better for all of our mental health uh, as much as our economic health, too. You know, and uh, with that... Uh... There are plenty of people who have varying viewpoints on this virus, but I know that uh, you, know, you follow what we do, and we have had lasting conversations, particularly because, as you said, you know Europe has kind of been ahead of where we are, and then you know to to see how we have so much access to information, and in some cases Europe, and then New York, for instance, and then the rest of the U.S. Uh, in a lot of cases, uh, the way this has gone on. Uh, and, and how things you go spike and then kind of trend downwards, uh, and it's just amazing the the trolls that you get on social media and uh, how they put words and label you as you know being this way or that way because you know you have the talk radio moniker next to you. I don't believe we've ever you know, called this whole thing a hoax. Uh, as we're being, uh, or especially you and myself, as uh, you know, some people are claiming out there, I'm more pointing out to the confusing nature of all of this. In that, uh, as I laid out just a few minutes ago, you know why you can go to the brewery to have a pint, but you can't go to the pub to have a Guinness. Uh, why you can drop your kid off at the college dorm to, you know, roommate with uh, some kid that you have no idea who they are or where they're from, but you and a few friends can't get together for your friend's wedding. Uh, you see, kind of the confusion that I'm laying out there for people. Never did we say it's a hoax. Obviously, with the numbers, they are what they are. In fact, I contracted the coronavirus uh, and got sick. Uh, so it's just very confusing in that our elected officials don't necessarily you know, give us a, a good explanation as to why they're doing this rather than that. Yeah, and I think uh, one interesting way to explain it, Joe, is that the, the Austrian economist Friedrich Hayek, he called it the fatal conceit. The idea that there are elected people or just any kinds of individuals who are going to have enough information to know how to plan to either run society or large organizations, or they're going to know how to deal with any huge mess. You know, everything's going to be bottom up. And I think that's why, why I always like to talk about the European examples is, hey, let's figure out who's doing this the best. Let's figure out who is actually going above and beyond. And let's implement that. You know, it's never going to come top down. Uh, and this is just proving once more that, you know, you look at all of the different medical sciences and, and you look at everything with epidemiology. Uh, you know, there hasn't really been a very good amount of literature about how you could deal with a worldwide pandemic like this. I can tell you here in the Netherlands, there are no mask mandates uh, only in public transport, but it's uh, the five feet rule, one and a half meters. So the one point five meter rule is is everywhere. And, and that's kind of it. You don't have the mask stuff, and, and so far their cases have trended downwards. I think the more and more we can just learn from other areas of the world, that's what we've done with every other domain. That's what we've done with markets. It's what was able to free so much of the world after the, the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Soviet Union. People were able to learn from each other. This is something that makes our society one of the best. That's why liberal democracies work, because good ideas can spread. I hope this continues and we can maybe do this a bit more in our societies. 
And that means that, Joe, we can sit down and finally have that Guinness in the pub. And uh, so many of your listeners can do the same. Yael Lasowski for the Consumer Choice Center at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, also host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show, airs uh, 10 o'clock Saturday mornings uh, right here on the Big Talker FM. Yael joins us uh, every Friday just after 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. I know we've had multiple conversations uh, surrounding the digital platform that uh, is in the news and has been for the last uh, couple of weeks. I think last week we spoke about the big tech uh, CEOs testifying and giving input uh, in front of uh, uh, you know the uh, OK Boomer crowd uh, in Washington, D.C. Well, just last night, President Trump signs a pair of executive orders prohibiting U.S. residents from doing business with the Chinese-owned TikTok and WeChat apps beginning 45 days from now, citing that risk of leaving Americans' personal data exposed. I know you're not much of a fan of that, and uh, you know on the surface, I'm not either. Uh, in that, uh, you know, we should not be having the government, uh, you know, rule and run over, you know, free market uh, industries uh, such as, you know, the digital platform and regulations on the Internet. Uh, but there are also, you know, many concerns that you also have expressed, particularly in talks with Microsoft expressing interest in buying the Tic Tac format and then opening itself up for exposure to the Chinese Communist Party. I think this is uh, just an example where we see Trump do something or say something and we think it's actually quite good. And then he just goes and he runs a 500 yard dash after the finish line. And that's definitely true with these apps and TikTok. We heard, hey, there's this American company, Microsoft, very well known. They would like to take over the American operations of this company. And that's awesome. These are private actors in the market who are doing this privately. The government is not involved. It's not intervening. And then Trump goes and issues an executive order stating that these deals must now be completed within 45 days. Uh, again, the sort of sentiment is good because we're cracking down on the Chinese Communist Party's reach, uh, specifically when it comes to teens and younger people who are downloading things like TikTok where they can have fun and dance with their friends. But all that data can also be at any time siphoned by the Chinese Communist Party. Obviously a problem, but now an executive order where the federal government is intervening to kind of dictate how this purchase should be dealt. I, I don't think that's that's a very good policy. And the only way to really respond is just imagine if President Obama did the same thing. Is it something that we'd stand for? Probably not. And I think that that's a very good standard to have you know, there's a reason why we trust private businesses, particularly something like Microsoft or any other American company who wants to bid for this. They actually know how they can integrate this into the services. They actually know about data privacy. Uh, I mean, how many things have we seen from the government where they've leaked our data or, or things have, have been stolen? I mean, come on. <laughs> these are not the people that you want uh, intervening in these kind of large tech transactions. Uh, so, again, this is a, it's very good news to know that Microsoft is is bidding on TikTok and maybe will take over its U.S. operations. That's all well and good. I think uh, many of us should be very happy about that. But I think mandating it through law, through executive order, through the federal government, I think that goes a bit too far. And I think we're just inviting more troubles down the road, whether it be with uh, President Trump in the second term or President Joe Biden in his first. Well, speaking of uh, President, uh, a potential President Joe Biden, I mean, how confused were you yesterday if uh, you know his daily incoherence uh, uh, doesn't hasn't yet uh, you know 
made you squirm in your chair. <laughs> what was the comment yesterday? And, you know, I tried to, of course, you know, rather than just getting the one-minute uh, soundbite on Twitter that makes someone sound ridiculous, you know, I listened to the entire interview to get the context of the question. And uh, basically it had to do with uh, Cubans living in South Florida and the difference between the situation that Cubans are facing as compared to uh, the plight of Venezuelans. So that was the context of the conversation, kind of doing a compare and contrast. And then the vice president tried to intertwine uh, black Americans into the plight of Latinos, and it just was really very confusing. And, uh, you know, to make a confusing time any worse is not doing anyone any good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to follow the script of the woke talking points, Joe. I, 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 only for him, it's definitely got to be something else. And it's different every week, you know, and you have to imagine that how political campaigns work is that you have staff members who join early on, but as your political opponents uh, within the same party drop out, you do pick up a lot of staffers from these other campaigns. So you could imagine that there are a lot of Elizabeth Warren people who are now in the Joe Biden campaign. There's probably a lot of Bernie Sanders people in there, definitely some Kamala Harris people in there. So they've got their best and brightest of people they've you know, kind of picked up along the way. These are, these are essentially temporary corporations uh, that are worth almost billions of dollars. So apparently these are the best political advisors that he's got behind him. Uh, I don't know. This doesn't sound like very unifying language. It talks more to people on Twitter, which we should remember represents only like 0.2% of the American population. Uh, you can't really talk like that. You have to be a president and a candidate for everybody. Um, that's not necessarily what we're seeing now, though, as you'll hear on Consumer Choice Radio, apparently there's some Joe Biden Corvette ad. Uh, that is kind of cranking people up a little bit. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center. Well, does it surprise you that, uh, you know, when we talk about the political insiders, the political journalists, particularly those that come from inside the Beltway, you know, it doesn't surprise you that they're in their own type of bubble. So when you hear some of these statements, you know, it is more appeasing their own thoughts rather than, as you said, trying to unify and bring together the millions and millions and millions of other Americans who are going to go to the you know, polls in November? Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, look, this is a, there, there's a reason why your very best journalists and your very best writers and some of your best thinkers don't live uh, right in the metropolitan elite D.C. circle. And if you really want to grasp on why President Trump won the first time, you know, you're not thinking about what happened in New York City. You're thinking about what happened in Iowa, what happened in Ohio, what happened in Michigan and Wisconsin. This is where normal, everyday Americans live, where they're facing real bread and butter issues. Uh, they've had issues with their taxes going up. They've had issues with now being scared at work for being called out on some kind of racial injustice or some kind of uh, something related to gender. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to work through now in 2020 that we never thought we really had to. Uh, there is a poll that was released by the Cato Institute. Uh, even, I think, 60 percent of liberals, those on the left, are very afraid of espousing their political opinions at work, which I think is, is somewhat of, of a dangerous area that we're, we're leading into. Everything is being politicized. We've talked about it with our companies and where we buy our clothes. Now it's even going to be at work. I mean, this is it's taking over too much of life. I think the people who do it best are those who work. They're able to punch in, punch out. They go live their lives with their family, and they just want peace. They want good governance. 
And they want that with everyone. And I think that's what true Americans want. I don't know if they want to necessarily intervene in everyone's life or defund the police or something like that. Um, you know, there's there's a good way to go and there's a good way to speak to the general American public. Uh, but doing it from a, a New York City, D.C. sort of elitist agenda is, is definitely not the way to go. Particularly when more and more people, you know, whatever normal everyday working people are left in these cities uh, are going to be fleeing and have been fleeing uh, these uh, major metro urban areas for the last uh, you know, decade or so, add on the pandemic and uh, some of the, the very strict uh, shutdowns and how, you know, the virus wreaked havoc in places like New York City. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's not going to be, you know, many, you know, everyday working people left in many of these places as the years go on. You brought up a good point, you know, as we segue into this uh, final uh, discussion here this morning with you, you know, how companies and, uh, you know, people are politicizing everything and anything. You can't turn on the TV. And trust me, you know, nothing better than a good Budweiser ad with the Clydesdales on the Super Bowl, you know, tearing your heartstrings, you know, pointing out at the at the, you know, servicemen and women of our country or some of the other, you know, great ads that we can all, you know, point to and have had some type of, uh, you know, you know, moment where it connected with you, but it seems like every company, every business and corporation now is going to this new way of advertising. Is it because, you know, that woke culture of young millennial types are part of these advertising, you know, teams behind the scenes that are pushing this type of agenda when we talk about everyone is dealing with climate change or, you know, working towards this issue or that issue or in for social justice? I mean, when is enough enough? Just highlight your product and tell us why I should buy it. Yeah, I think it's it's what we would classify a milieu problem. Sorry to get all European on your show, Joe, but milieu just means like center or group. And it's definitely true. You know, you look at some of these ad agencies, they tend to be younger, woke, Generation Z, uh, you know, younger, younger millennials. And, and this is the kind of language that they're trafficking in. But this is just one strategy. You know, I don't know if this is going to be very popular. I, I, uh, one that I sent you was, a, you know, Fat Tire, which is a great beer that probably a lot of people enjoy in Wilmington and just kind of went and looked at the ad. And the ad is telling me that we need to vote for people who will do something on climate action and equity. So they say that if we don't do that, the price of a six pack will go up to $100. <laughs> now, I, I don't know. I don't know who's running the economics department there, but they, they just need to, to send some kind of word or notice down to, to the advertising interns. Uh, this is not the way to go. I don't like that we're having so much of our advertising politicized. Consumers don't think like this. They just want to enjoy a beer with their friends at the end of the day. And guess what? They care about low prices. Um, so if you're going to have any of these high prices and you're talking more about this political language, that's just not the way to go. I mean, where's the competition? Where's the choice? Where's positive advertising? I think that's what people generally deserve. It's what people want. And uh, I think if that's kind of how, how things are going to be here, Joe, we might have to start launching our own products here very soon. So Catanachi beer might be hitting the uh, the shelves here pretty soon. You know, I'm not much of a fat tire guy, but I do like New Belgium Brewing, and uh, that's the company that uh, brews the fat tire because they do have some other products. I like their Voodoo Ranger line of IPAs, particularly the new American Haze that uh, they've recently released. Uh, I can, can't get enough of that juicy American Haze. 
But uh, yeah, if it's going to cost me a uh, hundred dollars, and that's going to that's going to be the deciding factor, I guess, between a Joe Biden new Green Deal, uh, you know, uh, skyrocketing taxes and new energy uh, forms uh, between me and my American Haze beer. I mean, that, I guess you know he may have persuaded me. They New Belgium Brewing may have persuaded me just now here uh, on my decision come November twenty twenty. Yeah, but I can offer you an Amsterdam haze, Joe, so that might be even better. Who knows? Well, whenever you get back over to the States, whenever we allow you back in, who knows when that's going to be? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, we're looking at September. We're looking at October. You know, things might change. Uh, there's a lot of rules out there, but it's getting a little bit better by the day. Let's just hope uh, people get stuff arranged, Joe, and then we can meet down for a drink. Well, thank you for that positive way of ending this crazy conversation we're having here this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much, Joe. All the best to you. Yes, sir. Enjoy the rest of your week and in Amsterdam in the Netherlands as we wrap up another successful communication with uh, our friend Yael Lasowski of the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. His program, the Consumer Choice Radio Show, airs Saturdays, 10 o'clock a.m. right here on the Big Talker 106.7 FM. Great that his line of communication is also is, uh, you know, uh, more solid than uh, many. Uh, even our callers who are calling from inside our region. His line always seems to be stable and he sounds uh, loud, crisp, and clear. Great to have him on the program. Great friend of the program and contributor to our show. We'll wrap up the program for the week after this.